this is where it all began. The story of Candyman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Ken. Here with your co-host, Love Zach. And back again, our boy, Carl, is on the call with us. Appreciate tonight. it. Appreciate yes. it. Welcome. And tonight, we're going to talk about a film that came out last week, I believe. I didn't get a chance to see it. I've heard nothing but great things. I want to see it. So before I go and spend that money and go into the theater and watch it, I want you guys to let me know your take on it. Let the people listening know so that, you know, we all can get a a good perspective and a real review on this movie called Candyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, I'm going to let you go first on this one. You let me go first, John? Chill. Right. Yeah. Chill, chill. All right, first of all, What's up, audience? Join. <sighs> All right. So, first and foremost, uh, Candyman. It was directed by African American woman by the name of Nia DaCosta. Yeah, I ain't gonna really know who she is, audience, and anybody else who is listening. But she got some credits to her name. Most recent, Top Boy. She directed two episodes. So I'm gonna give you some little industry inside for the audience. This new thing that that's not necessarily a new thing, but Hollywood's been starting this trend now where back in the day, if you do like little series and stuff for TV or for cable, they'll just pick one director and then they direct all the episodes, whether it's a t- eight, 10 or 13 episode season or whatever. But notably, they've been changing this. And I've seen this most recently on Power Book 2, Ghost, where each episode they'll have different directors direct x amount of episodes so they'll probably have like for like a 10 episode series they'll probably have like four or five directors maybe two maybe you know if this is your guy your girl they probably get two or three joints if it's a new director that you don't know his or her work they'll get like one joint you know what i'm saying they bang that out and the episode airs and they got mad ratings on the joint ah you get a next episode in that same series or for future joints, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like a drug game. So shouts out for Jordan Peele for basically trying to, you know, execute a Spike Lee energy joint and start to use his power and cachet to kind of get female directors, most importantly, melanin, African-American, you know, directors, the spot. So I enjoyed this film because... It was for us, joint. Second thing, why I love this, the centerpiece is a couple. Tiana Paris, she was in Survivor's Remorse, the joint with LeBron James about, you know, the NBA and, you know, Ushers, um, Jesse Ushers in the league, da da da. He's trying to, you know, navigate his way. She plays one of his um, relatives or whatever. I think his sister, some, some joint. And of course, my guy, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Carl, you would know that he had the grease role as Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen joint reprisal with uh, Regina King, which is very grease joint. Yes, yes. Uh, he's a phenomenal actor joint. He's done other joints. Yeah, like Trucking uh, Vipers from uh, Black, Ma- Black Mirror. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a crazy role. That was definitely a ritual. That was... Anthony Mackie and Mateen, Yaya Mateen's ritual joint to allow them to excel because where's Anthony Mackie now joint? He is now Captain America joint. He's the Falcon joint. Oh, so, did you see that episode of Black Mirror? Yeah, I've seen that though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it. We get it. It's, 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 it's Illuminati. You got to do your rituals. As Carl would say, you got to do it in plain sight joint. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, that was a hard watch. Great. Great pull-up, Ken. I definitely forgot about that joint. He was an Woo! Aquaman as well. Yes. yes that's right. Played the Black Manta. That was definitely where he got put out there. But, you know, we know Dr. Manhattan for The Watchmen was like, oh, wow, that's Grease joint. So, to have Tiana Paris and Yahya Mateen in this movie was great. Great casting. You know what I'm saying? Fucking amazing. Vanessa Williams, shouts out to her. She was in there. She played his mom. She was in Soul Food. Uh, the Showtime series, She's a Bad Ting. We all know it's Keisha. Rockabye baby from New Jack City. Forget, that's Vanessa Williams joint. Playing a gangster bitty in Brooklyn joint. Busting the Rastamon right in front of the PJs. Yeah. 
rock a bar, baby, because he's trying to ransack the fucking joint. Ah, mm-hmm. So now we get to the let's get to the movie. So I just want again, audience, these ain't we're not just some random ass niggas on the cast. You know what I'm saying? Niggas niggas don't the fuck they talking about. Alright. So now that I done hyped it up, let's get to the joint. So first and foremost, the roles of each character to me played pivotal to this horror film joint. Anthony McCoy, which is Yaya Mateen's character, is an artiste. Artiste joint. Tiana Paris is what? An art curator. Whoa! And she got the Baggington. They live in <laughs> Boo. Carl, could you confer with me, John? No, nah, that's facts. They live in Gucci, John. Gucci. Got the condo in the sets, John. Lizzie Lock, duplex, chill show, John. All right, so essentially, Anthony, he's just, you know, he's successful, John. Let's not, let's not dance around the joint. My man is Gucci. His bitty got the Muns, he got the Baggington, and he got the white connects on the pluggy for the art shows joint. Tiana's homie said, yo, Anthony, let's please try to, you know, do a full showcase this time so I don't have to keep paying your bills and taking care of you for your next event that you're being featured for. Did he not say that call? Mm-hmm. And as you would say in what mixed company joint very sauce in the dinner setting you know what i mean and make it seem like the niggas bomb sauce so i say this to say that anthony mccoy's gooch he's an artist joint but he's struggling to find his muse his vision his arc what is your purpose as a painter. What is your purpose, my nigga? What energy are you showcasing in your work joint? This is essentially eluded when he had his showcase joint, when he, because I'm jumping ahead, when he basically went to his art director showcase some paintings that he had and he got slum joint he was like yo what is this joint what happened to the anthony mccoy that we had when you had your showcase three years ago joint out of the line he's like basically getting slum joint and then that's when he meets the nigs when he goes to caprini green joint when he was talking about the tale and the urban legend you know earlier in the scene beginning the movie the caprini green projects joint he goes there to what Get some energy. So I'm going to stop right there. Anthony McCoy is first and foremost, his character flaw is what? He's an energy vampire joint. Why? He wants his critical artistic acclaim, fame. He wants to be world renowned. He wants to be a Picasso, a Michelangelo. He wants to be a Basquiat joint, but he's not a Basquiat. He's just a niggs who can paint joint, who got some muns in the account and got a nice bad joint, who got the baggy. That's cool, but that's not lady. That's not doing it. It's not gonna get your dick hard. It's gonna get a pussy wet joint. You gotta be the glee. And right away, near the cost of showcases that Anthony McCoy wants to be the Greek. And he's not joint. And he's tiggy about that joint. But he's trying to persevere through the struggles. Okay. My next point, joint, is this is a major derivative. So now you hear this urban legend. You meet this very welcoming brother who takes care of the Cabrini Green projects joint because it connects to his neighborhood because he grew up there breaks down the urban legend joint talks about this baby phenomenal joint 
showcases the derivative of a beast woman, Helena ha- Lau joint, who comes there basically doing what? Being an energy vampire herself joint. Trying to get that unique cover story as an investigative journalist to what? Advance her career joint. And she stumbles upon a demonic urban legend in Condiman joint. Now, who is Condiman? The nigga said it joint. Condiman was what? An artiste as well. Whoa! What? No. Stop it, Bob. Yes. Your man was an artiste doing his paintings and all joints. He never was aspired to be anything. He painted for some royals, for some elite families joint. They like this joint, but they ain't fuck with him joint. Chosyon. And then, of course, one day, he paints for his elite fam joint. And his gal, his wife, what? Is filming his melanin joint. As usual joint. And what happens? They get together joint. And of course, now they got to kill the snakes joint. Chill Sion. And that's what starts the urban legend. Da, 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 da. I ain't going to break all that down because that's basically telling the movie. And I'm not here to tell the movie joint. Cool. Anthony McCoy has the tale. As a true energy vamp, he goes, hi. Go back to what I said at the beginning. This is now my muse. Gucci. Candyman. Say it five times in the mirror. You summon a demon joint. Third point. Peel is letting you know that demonic summoning, demonic invocation is a reality joint. It's not play play joint. Shit is real joint. Cooley. His lady is like, next, don't be summoning no demons, my guy. Tiana character, Brianna's like, chill, I don't, no, I don't do that. Meanwhile, she's trying to what? Advance her art curation joint. But she is unwilling to go to the levels that Anthony McCoy is willing to go because his demon is thirsty for what the energy the energy job she's not as thirsty for the energy why because she got the bag already she's essentially gooch why is she trying to be an elite art curator for prestige for honor joint for elitism she meets the other melanated art curator who's level B, and she basically plays her joint. So that's the fourth derivative. So Candyman is a series of derivatives. Fifth derivative now. Things start happening, niggas getting ghosted joint. There's a moment where the news reports somebody getting clipped joint. At this point, Yaya Mateen's character, Anthony McCoy, already started painting Candyman portraits via the demonic possession in his artistic expression joint, Chilsion. And one of the greatest scenes joint, when he sees the fucking article and the news report of the art curator getting ghosted joint, the nigga goes, say my name, joint. The camera zooms in, great cinematography. Show you the fucking news report on the TV, then the camera zooms in on his joint, and the nigga goes, saying my name, John. And that's when his wife, Tiana Paris, aka Brianna Cartwright, her character, looks at him and is totally at a gas joint. Why? She's not looking at Anthony McCoy. She's looking at what? A demonic entity. A demonic presence joint. And she is totally at a gas. Is at that point she realizes demonic frequencies and entities truly do exist joint. And now she's afraid. Because she don't know what to do. 
Because when you have the Baggington, your eyes get glazed, you get jaded. You start to lose your instinctual fortitude on picking up on the cues and the symbols and the signs. Why? Because you got the months. So you're not going to be focusing on them little signs anymore, them little cues, them little instincts anymore. Until it comes right into your face. And what happens? As soon as that report comes out, the other art critic pulls up on who? Anthony McCoy. Now he's the G now. But I don't fuck with him, John. Now, Brianna's getting hit up by the same art curator. She want to fuck with her. Why? Blood has been sacrificed, John. And once the blood has been sacrificed and the rituals have been secured, now you can elevate into the million-dollar club and become critically acclaimed, world-renowned, and uber-wealthy joint. And to close it off, because Carl's going to add his take, and I know he got math up to say, I thoroughly enjoyed Candyman because... And I'm really cutting through, shortening it up, because I could have gone further. I thoroughly enjoyed Candyman because me being in the industry as a youngling, it's more like a, a warning sign for me. The more money you chase in this industry, the more sacrifices are going to have to be had. The more fame and critical acclaim you aspire to achieve, more sacrifices are going to have to be made. So to punchline it around, Anthony McCoy ended up being Candyman because in reality, symbolically, he was already Candyman because Candyman never achieved his artistic acclaim. The riveter happened with a love of his life. He, wrong, he, lo he loved the wrong woman. Everybody tried to murder his mind joint. It happened joint. In a very gruesome way, joint. Boom. Demonic presence existed, joint. He now become a demonic spirit, joint. Chil Sion. And the only way for him to come into the physical form, you had to say his name. And why is that important? I come right back again. What do famous people say to you when you don't recognize who they are? Do you know who I am? Do you know who my name represents? Do you know my name? And that's why Anthony McCoy to say my name. He realized at that point, he is now Thomas John. He is not critically acclaimed because the blood has been drawn. And now, the sacrifice have been mad, and he's always going to get what he wants. But there's a catch, though. There is a derivative. There is a caveat. For the fam comes a sacrifice. So, yes, you are now famous, John, but you are famous for what? Becoming a demonic presence, John, which is why ultimately you did become famous, but not in the way that you really wanted to join. Which is why you end up becoming candy man. Intriguing. Interesting. I like that. Good take. So, Definitely great a great breakdown for sure. Thank you, sir. I didn't want to take some of your points because I know you got some points about other stuff that I didn't want to, you know what I mean? No, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Me for sure, I seen it. I seen yeah. it in a totally different light. I saw it first coming in there. I thought it was going to be like a scary movie, but it was more so a ploy of showcasing the African-American experience, meaning that how, how many of our deaths go unnoticed, many of atrocities that happen go unnoticed. So that's why Williams Burke character was like, Candyman for me was this guy named Yada Yada which was in the, in the beginning of the movie, he showcased that Candyman for himself was this, this man that used to give out candy in the neighborhood. Yes, correct. Who had a hook in the, for a hand, but he was harmless or whatever, right? 
Then one day he is going to the laundromat and he sees the guy come out the hole. And because he was scared, he he shouts and screams and the police come and they, they immediately kill the guy, right? So I was one of the first murders. As, as a youth, mind you, that's something that he has to carry along for the rest of his life. He just witnessed a murder, actually caused the murder, you know what I'm saying? Because had he not screamed, maybe that person might have been alive, you know what I'm saying? Correct. But it, but it happened, right? So for him, Candyman was that, was that person. So that's why anytime he would see Candyman, it would be the vision of I forget the guy's character, the guy's name or whatever, but it would be in the vision of that person. Uh-huh. Right. So then fast forward to to Anthony McCoy's character, who's a struggling artist right now. You made a good point about their their lavish lifestyle, which is funny enough, because the backdrop of the first movie, Candyman, was Cabrini Green backdrop, right? Yes, you you before, educated me on that too. Before it was actually t- torn down. Now mm-hmm. Cabrini Green, if you know anything about the housing projects and the history of the housing projects, was one of the worst housing projects ever constructed. And during that time, when William Burt's character, this was in the seventies, nineteen seventy-seven, they made sure that was before the crack era came in. That was that was right around when gangs was around, but. Gangs were prevalent, but they weren't as uh, violent up, up until the 80s when crack came around and destroyed all these communities. One in particular being Cabrini Green. That was the reason behind the the uh, backdrop for the first Candyman. That's what made the Candyman so prolific because of the horrors of Cabrini Green. And there was a real case that happened in the Cabrini Green projects of somebody who killed somebody through the window. It was a real case. You could go look it up. So now if we fast forward into this new movie. They're in the new Cabrini Green project area where they're paying over for living in this loft when prior 30 years ago, their their family members or kin was living in a part, projects that was dilapidated and all that. Now they're living overpriced lofts. To symbolize they made us they they are just successful. If you really look at it, you're really not because they're still dictating how much rent is and you come in here paying whatever it costs to to live lavishly. Okay, whatever. So now you're an art curator for your a man's art exhibit. That's the reason why you got glee in the first place. <laughs> Coolly. But in the art world itself, it's not controlled by melanin, but is vampirized by melanin. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like all the art curators or people of, of importance are white. Yep. And they're telling us how to express ourselves in our own yeah. experience. Yes. The audacity of them. Okay, whatever. But the breath, I guess for me, the the director. Near the Costas, the best kill for me was definitely the curator's kill. Yes, because it was so visceral. But the way she panned out, yes, at the screen, it just showcases how black people be dying in the midst of the world happening, and nobody cares. Yeah, you know so oh that was a totally that was a beautiful scene of how she portrayed that and. It made it more so evident that that's why that scene was like that because of the conversation that Yaya and that co- and that actor actress had in her apartment when he's basically saying like you're vampirizing off of me and try to tell me how to create this experience when meanwhile before it was something hot but now it's cliche because it's over it's overdone like how it's dare you good. yeah like how dare you say what is what is great in the art world when you guys don't even know nothing about art exactly because the greatest artists a lot before that y'all want to claim the flame were black yes a lot of the artists and art the paintings that they painted were of black people but now they want to come in and flip it and make it seem like oh it's white people that had art and 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 style and culture when you guys don't even wash your hands at the end of the day, you cannot come in here and try to dictate art like you try to dictate real estate, like you try to dictate the livelihood of black people. 
but they always feel the need to do that. Agreed. All right? But I'm not also giving credence to the whole Candyman situation as well, too, because it's like he kills innocent people, too. Like, what is the purpose of that? Exactly. Because Williams Burke's sister died for no reason. Calling out his name like you must you must spill innocent blood as well, too. Like, because you're a demon. But at the same time, towards the end, Peel and the director try to showcase that. Candyman also could be looked at as a black hero, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't agree with that. And I think that's what you would. I think that's foolish as hell because, like, all you really basically telling me the only, the only solution that they had in this movie is just just call on this demon. No other solution could be could be had. No (laughs) other way to find you find your way, Candyman, and you gooch. Yeah, come on now. And 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 to, to solidify that. Brianna got arrested and she didn't she was wrongfully arrested because of what happened to Anthony McCoy. He ended up dying or whatever and being possessed by the demon. And what did she do? Exactly what you just said. She had to summon the demon because she had nothing else left to do. Right, because in the conversation it's very pivotal moments where we have their the director and producer are showcasing that when you are are pinned against the wall and you got no way out summon your demon like come on now <laughs> basically when he she arrest got arrested and she's in the back seat and the, and the captain comes in the car and he's like trying to oh, corner yeah, her in so, you're trying you know, to finesse a joint yes we could go two ways about this we could be like your boyfriend lunged at us and we had no choice to but to take him out and self-defense or we could be like y'all was accomplices and we came in there you know what I mean to handle it how you want to go She's like, oh, I'll say whatever. Just let me look in the mirror. And, and, and so, the solution is called so, Candyman. Like, yeah, so she, like, so she could summon Candyman. Yes, that was a like, hard watch. Yeah, yeah it's like totally the first one was more that. so more so horror mixed in with a little yes. bit of history and stuff. But this is like, I understand the political angle for that. Angle, which is Peel's way of trying to do certain things. Like, I get it. But like this, it didn't work for this one. It's oh, still shit. a great it's still a great movie but the the like you didn't go in there to really see, you're not going to really see horror like that you know what I'm saying No nah, definitely and the more kills, of a psychological thriller yeah The kills are like are more so not seen but heard so you'll hear the more gruesomeness aspect of the kills which I like better because like it's now um focusing more on a, or on a different sense Correct. For the viewer, because you're not actually seeing the kills. You know the kills are happening, but you only can hear them. Yeah, I, 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 to, to add to what Carl was saying in one word, was Jordan Peele and Nia DaCosta definitely wanted to have imaginative slayings and slashings. Right. So it was imaginative. They didn't want to just make it gory, but they wanted you to imagine by hearing the sounds and seeing the blood, but not necessarily seeing the actual kill kill mode the kill mm-hmm. action so and then right a, another point is like they focus on a lot of the plights that african americans blacks that we go yes. through every I day i want you to hear i want you to i knew he's gonna bring this up if you look at williams burke character being young going through trauma seeing death is seeing that guy getting killed because it because of him and not saying anything you know what I mean? That's always in the black community. You don't speak on certain things. Don't snitch, yeah. Right? There's there's certain things in our own community, in our own backgrounds, in our own families that be happening, but we're not supposed to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? We're just supposed to just, I don't know, sing hymns and look at the sun and look for the next day and not ever speak on some of the stuff that happened to us and stuff, right? Now you fast forward into into the present day, his first occurrence with horror was in the laundromat. And lo and behold, the nigga owns a laundromat. So showcasing to you that I, I didn't to even the viewer that. that even though Trauma time has time, even time has moved on, for him, it hasn't. You know what I'm saying? Trauma is real. Yes. Yeah, he's a grown man, but that. he's still got trauma in him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Styles. And he showcased that, that when he said to Anthony McCoy when he came in the laundry, remember, he said, when he gave his last depiction of Candyman, he said, that's what Candyman Candyman is the whole damn hive. It's everything. It's all. It's all the all the bad stuff that happened to us that we can't actually put a label on it because they don't want to focus on it. They want to just sweep it under the rug. Oh, there's so much crime in Cabrini Green. Oh, let's just tear it down and build new new condominiums. But meanwhile, the, the the problems are still there. Yeah, well, what you were saying, urban renewal, urban right. development. So it's like. The, the white people in their white flight leave the hood, right? Then the real estate developers, they come in and start buying it up at, at a low cost. Tear it down. Build new stuff up and raise the rent as if, like, you did something existed. miraculous. Like, yeah. When a house is a house is a house, like, it's still the same still the same dwelling that our ancestors had before that we're using today like you can't explain to me why are you raising rent why there is no real reason other than greed you know what i'm saying because how did in cabrini green in 92 when rent was like 500 it's the yes. same it's the same land right y'all come in destroy Break it down, build new condos. Now it's twenty seven hundred. Yep. And to add to what Carl is saying, Nia and Jordan visually via camera angles showcased throughout the film how well Anthony and Brianna were living. Everywhere they went, it was top class. The apartment where they had brunch, the art gallery, the art exhibits, the dinner meetings, everything was high class, modern, top level shit. So they are not middle class, they top upper class for sure. But I felt it as though like that was just a, a view of like, I don't know how to put it, but just like, of us striving to be in this certain in this white world. Yes. In this, you know what I mean? In this space, that ain't even for us. Agreed. And that's why I feel you could have actually just created your own space, right? Create your own world, right? And that's and what Anthony McCoy said to, to her. Remember, he said, why don't I just make my own? No, she said, remember, she said to her colleagues and her friends, you know, I was thinking about, and to the art creator, the other one that she was aspiring to be, she was like, oh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, starting my own, my own exhibit and having my own space, you remember? And then right. she immediately shut her down, like, oh, why are you going to waste your time trying to find other artists and bringing them up? You should be curating the ones that are already established, you remember? Mm -hmm. Straight, straight, as you would say, serpentine-tongued her shit. And again, it's both black women who could easily come together, mm -hmm. right? Boss up, right? Mind you, it's directed by a black woman. Correct. She showcases two black women in their best position possible as being high-level curators, right? So they both on the same level, right? In the museum, when they were having their, 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 they, their, they, their, their, their little chop up. Yes, right? and he put she pulled mad it away. Beasts around, and, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Fake, fake shit, right? And then they being fake to each other. Yes, it was very soft conversation. It, and you seen it in the camera because it started off wide, and she slowly pulled it in. Great camera work there, bro. Right to showcase. All right, we get into per we trying to get to, to get a to personal. a personal. Yes. No, we're trying to get personal, right? Because yeah. of the camera angle coming yeah, in, yes. showcasing like, okay, the conversation is now supposed to get personal, but it's still business and it's still that that so era of arrogance. Yes. Oh, I'm thinking about starting my own my own job. You should have been to that. You glee already. You got mad bread. Why ain't you do it? But now all of a sudden you want to do it. Oh, okay. 
And then the other shorty, oh, no, no, no. What you talking about, Storm? Why don't you just do the ones that are already lit lit? <laughs> Why? When you know it's better to build up and coming. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's how you get more recognition. That's how you get more notches on your belt. And that's how you get that so-called eye where you can have eye for talent or whatever. And then they, that's when your name is out there. That's when their claim comes in. Yes. Ain't it always about your name? You know what I'm saying? Your name name is everything. Even in the hood, they know that. Your name is everything. Anthony McCoy, when he before the art curator died, and she she came and was presenting him his Luciferian contract, letting him know that he about to, you know, become a a wealthy, you know, a critically acclaimed artist and millionaire. He said to her, that's when as Carl mentioned, he challenged her. Yeah, but before when I showed you the painting, you, you, you dismissed it. So this was just typical urban renewal, you know, racist gentrification. And you just brush it off. And now all of a sudden, now because of the news report and the killings, you, you're all for it. And then she, she completely accepted it. It's like, yeah, well, you know, things have changed, da 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 da, whatever she said. And he challenged her. He said, you know what? You don't really know what you're talking about. You, you don't feel what I feel. That's called was alluding to it. He said, "You don't, you, 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 you're, you're trying to dictate what's happening." Carl alluded to it. And what did he say after that? He said, "Say his name. I dare you." And that's when she got scared. And then that's when, as the film showcased, he realized that he's more than Anthony McCoy's. His demonic presence is starting to come out. And then, of course, as called alluded to. When he leaves, she ends up getting murdered, Jordan. And ironically, he did it in what? A breath brush stroke, like a true painting across her condo high rise windows. Isn't that fucking crazy, John? Hmm. Crazy. Definitely crazy, man. It's a it's a definitely good watch. It wasn't two hours for sure. Nah, ninety minutes. Less than ninety that. minutes. Yeah, it's a ninety minute film, but it, it feels more than to me. It felt more than ninety minutes, even though that's what the running time was. It's a definite great film for sure. It was just a few things that I seen and I was like, <sighs> I was kind of hoping for more, but you know, that's what I got. So it was like, all right. I'm going to just pull from what y'all giving me right here. <laughs> All right. So out of five stars, what do you got? Well, call what you give it. Out of five stars, it being a sequel, it definitely doesn't trump the first one as far as horror to me. I agree. But it's still a great film. Plus the, the director, she definitely did a great job in bringing this movie into a more modern taking. So because of that, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Mm. Wow, I I agree with Carl, man. I think we're gonna go straight Luciferian with this rating. I'm gonna give it a four out of five as well. Forty-four joint, you know, Illuminati. What's the forty-four mean again? Right. Oh, word. Give me no internet. Come on, Illuminati. Don't play with my joint. <laughs> the Illuminati playing with me, audience, trying to fuck up my internet. I give it a four out of five on internet works because I love the fact that, yes, the meaning of 44 Illuminati means achievements, accomplishing goals, putting in the hard work and laying the foundation and grounding to become a master joint. So I'm gonna give it a four out of five. So we so totals of 44. If you go side by side, you add it up, it's eight out of ten. So give it a four to five because, like McCall said, I took the Luciferian contract. I feel that Candyman showcases the duality, right? We all have our dark and our good side, right? Our dark and our light are good and our bad. And this film showcases Anthony McCoy. Who is he? His name, I'll never forget. Limitless. Bradley oh, he's a, Cooper. 
Bradley's yeah, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bradley's Cooper character. This is called synopsis way back in the days. He became elite in stock exchange after taking those pills. He did anything else. And he decided to be an investment portfolio manager. And Carl, I'll never forget Carl said this. He said, yo, look at this guy's name as a character. And I'm going to pull it up right now because I don't want the, I, I do not want the, the audience to miss this. But <clears throat> Bradley Cooper's character in the film, his name was, stand by a second. Eddie Mora. And I'll never forget Carl said, so what is the director saying to you? He's a Moore joint. And as a Moore, he's going to acquire bread. Because if you go back to the ancient history of the Black Moors, they were wealthy joint. So naturally, he takes his pill. Of course, he's going to do what any coffers are going to do, which is go into the stock market and use this advanced intellectual biological enhancement to basically obtain more bread so anthony mccoy what they always say who's the real mccoy yes <laughs> very good jordan peele near the costa showcasing to you anthony never knew who he was he was always an artist but that that also leave him that, not, not to cut you off, but that also yeah. goes with what I'm trying to say about like our black plight. Because in the beginning, it goes back to the first movie. Like he he was in the the first movie as the baby. Like they showed you, they explained yes. the history, right? Yes. Of the Cabrini Green bonfire incident, right? So if you go back to the first yes. movie, the first movie never explained who the father was. Nope. So that could have been any kind of situation or any kind of happenings that goes on in the hood with black women that got, that, that we don't speak about. Correct. And s- still to this day, to the first, you fast forward to the second movie, right? Never has spoke about do father. She even lied to buddy about where he was actually born. Mm-hmm. And that be happening in a black family, not telling truths about whose lineage is who to try to keep trauma away. But then it's like you still got to tell the truth, though. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So that's another showcase of a lot of shit that we go through that just doesn't get talked about. Exactly. Is who he, who he is? Who is his father? Who is his As father? Viewers, we don't even know. No. It's two movies in and. We play it, the director plays it off like it could be Candyman, which is Tony Todd, the original, could have been him because he, you know, had that involvement with that woman. But we all know the baby was stolen, as Carl just alluded to. So obviously, that's not his child. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he couldn't have a kid. Who knows? But yeah, who was his father and who was Andy McCoy? Now, any time in the movie, did we have any reference to, you know, Anthony McCoy's father, right? So he didn't know who his father was. Carl just talked about it. And ultimately, you always got a sense that although Anthony McCoy is a talented artiste, he can paint, he can draw, he can sketch, he can do all of that, he kind of also felt like he never truly believed himself. Because every time he got slammed by his art director, he got slammed by his art curator. He got slammed by his wife as a, as his, you know, again, an art exhibit curator. Mm-hmm. He never challenged them. He never stood up for himself. The only time he challenged anybody who tried to play him was when he faced his melanated brother, who was also an artist, the one who was already, you know, golden touched, who was already christened as the, as the famous one. At that exhibit, at his exhibit, you remember? Mm-hmm. And he tried to slime and was like, oh, I don't even know where you found these paintings. And, well, did you get these paintings from the office or from your condo or whatever? And that's when he was like, yo, shut the fuck up, you goofy ass nigga. Da, 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 da. That was the only time that he showcased himself as a man, right? But ironically, as you say, it was to another man, to a brother. But 
he didn't really slime him. He was basically kind of speaking facts. You know what I mean? Like, nigga, you just be basically been getting along because of your wife and your wife's friend, college friend, as who's also an art director. You know what I mean? You basically finessed your way into this world. And he called them out. I'm saying, and that's when he greased them. That's when you've seen his demon. And that's when he had to dip off. So my my four out of five is is I give it because you never know who Anthony McCoy really is. You know what I'm saying? Until the murders start happening. And then you start seeing who the real McCoy is. And once you start who the real McCoy is, then you start to kind of get a, a sense of what this Candyman psychological thriller, which is what I thought it was, not a horror, was about. I definitely agree that the original Candyman film that came out in the 90s, 1992, was way more scary than this. It was definitely the bona fide horror film. And I thought it was great. So, four out of five. Jordan Peele's doing great. Shouts to him for, you know, allowing other directors to get some some, some credits to their name. And definitely, Kenny, I think you should check it out. I don't think you've ruined a movie for you because Carl skipped ahead. I skipped ahead. We didn't really, like, go, you know, start, middle, end to this. We definitely jumped around in our, in our, in our takes on it. Definitely a lot of that. stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't mention that you were seeing. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And for the listeners, if you're listening to this, semi spoilers, semi spoilers. We really didn't, you know, we're really giving our own personal take. You know, me, Ken, Carl. We're not, again, when you listen to this, you're not hearing typical shit, bro. We're not sponsored. Niggas is going through their own struggle. Niggas is going through the Matrix joint. Niggas is trying to situate. I mean, we ain't getting no minds and none of that fuckery. Right? So you're getting the real to the real. Because guess what? When we start getting the months, you can start hearing some real vague ass commercial. <laughs> it was great, bro. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Next it topic. Great, it's a great picture. <laughs> Next. So Next topic. Enjoy it now, Joy. That's what we're saying. Enjoy the realness now, because when we get those calls, Joy, you're going to hear the difference. You're going to start going on the Twitter and the, and the Instagram and whatever, like, yo, what happened to reviews? And they think get some great reviews. Now they're giving us some fucking preschool, kindergarten shit. Yeah, because niggas is getting the bag now, John. Thumbs up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, four out of five, 44 in the joint. Definitely check it out. Just off the melanated aspect, you just seen two black melanated actors doing great. Carl definitely alluded to it. You know, he, he's a he's a photographer, he's a videographer, he's a cameraman. So he's talking about the shots. I did not talk to him about the shots at all prior to the show. So the fact that he talked about the wide pan showcases his mastery and craft and seeing the vision and being able to have the director's eye and the, the DP's eye of what the director and the DP is trying to showcase to you. Kenya hasn't seen the film yet. He doesn't even know what to access to get these nah, type of reactions from us. So, yeah. And Candyman is a great, great, great watch. Check it out. You heard it here first on reviews. Pro show. All right. Thanks for, thanks for that, guys. If you like your input, definitely going to check it out. And I can come back and probably get my review on it as well. Absolutely. Fact, do a re <laughs> a retake or something. Yes. Recap. Facts. Oh, and and when you're definitely gonna do a review on Foundation because Carl, if y'all heard the last show, Carl basically took over the show. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh yes. He took it over, Jordan. Me and Ken didn't expect that. That's why we just let him go, bro. He had all the promo. He took it over, bro. So, Carl's low-key a sci-fi guy, John. More Probably bigger than me, John. He educated me and shit, so. I'll be low-key on my geeky I'm shit. Come out. Nah, he ain't low-key. The, the audience know now, John. You, you already emptied the tank. But we definitely gonna do a review on C. Ken does not watch C. What Ken, you should nah, watch the C. first two episodes. That's it. Yeah, first you season. need to because Batista's in season two. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yes, yes, Carl. Batista's in season two. Just, just this is a bonus part of this cast. I didn't watch episode one this 
weekend because I well last weekend because episode two is coming out this weekend and of course Apple is so gay they release episodes per week which I fucking can't stand that shit. Shouts to Netflix. Just nah, I feel it though. Shit. They you just they, you know why they putting so much money into their programs into their productions? I don't want to gorge all of them. I copy. I respect that you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to gorge all of them because it's it's point. like Netflix. Like yeah, I can and then. I have the choice not to, but I'm going to do it anyway because it's there for me. So now you take the option away, and I have to wait. Copy that. And and just a final, final note, Ken and Carl are right via the covenant about Ted Lasso because today the department head of electric and the department head of grip, I won't mention their names, we were in the van shuttling to step one at the country club, Old Oaks Country Club. And what were they talking about? Ted Lasso. Uh, of course. And the department head of Electric told the department head of Grip to get focused. And he's, he's finishing up season one right now. Yeah, so y'all, y'all are on point with that. And this is the direct lie from the Kabanan. And I said, get there, focused. And I'm, I'm in there like, oh, my cousins and my best friends are talking about it. They're like, yeah, they focused. They know they watching. That's a great show. Are you fucking serious? Oh, yeah. The show's amazing. So, y'all, y'all on point. You know, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that, John. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. So, it has everything camaraderie, like sportsmanship, fucking. Immense Damn. amount of comedy, like yeah, God, yeah, yeah. You better get on C because me and Carl gonna do a review on this joint because Batista's in the joint. So yeah, can you're tripping? Yeah, tri- C I'm is the T, like you're it, tripping. It, yeah. I saw the first two episodes. That was it. I remember. Yeah, it's like I, know I was it's tripping about Lasso. It's a little slow burn, but it's 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 grease. Like yeah. it's grease. Right. I'm gonna finish it. Copy that. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. Let me catch y'all on the next one.